RTHK, the news at one with Barry O'Rourke. The headlines, the Monetary Authority raises a key lending rate in response to an overnight rate hike in the US and warns that local rates will stay high for some time. The Housing Secretary says the government isn't going to scrap its plan to build light public housing in Kai Tak, despite opposition from some sectors. And the Commerce Minister, Algernon Yao, says RTHK will tell good stories in the year of the rabbit to tell the world about Hong Kong's unlimited potential. The head of the Hong Kong Monetary Authority, Eddie Yu, says the interest rate hike cycle is not yet over in the US, but the pattern of future hikes is still unclear. The Fed raised interest rates by 25 basis points, or a quarter of a 25 percentage point. That's the smallest increase since last March. Mr Yu says this shows the US authorities are being more careful. The pace of rate hike has further moderated since the last rate decision, and that reflects the need for the Fed to more carefully assess the U.S. economic and inflationary trends and also the effects of previous rate hikes in determining the magnitude and pacing of future hikes. The Monetary Authority raised the base rate to 5% with immediate effect following the move by the U.S. Central Bank. Mr Yu said the public should expect local rates to stay high for some time, adding that local financial stability won't be affected by the U.S. rate hikes. The rate hike cycle in the U.S. has not yet been completed. The Hong Kong dollar interbank rates might remain at elevated levels for some time. So the public should be prepared for the likelihood that banks' lending rates may go further higher and should carefully assess and manage the relevant risks, especially interest rate risks, when making property purchase, taking out mortgages or making other borrowing decisions. A property and investment analyst has welcomed the news that U.S. rate hikes are slowing. Hannah Jiong, the head of valuation advisory services at Colliers Hong Kong, said rising interest rates have put homeowners under pressure. She said the 12,000 cases of negative equity in Hong Kong were relatively low compared to 106,000 cases in 2003 during the SARS epidemic. But she also warned that property prices have risen over the years, so the sums of money had tripled. The value at that moment was only 24 billion in terms of aggregated value of those negative equity. But in this time, 2022 fourth quarter, the value is 66 billion. So in terms of amount, it's quite significant. HSBC says it won't change its best lending and deposit rates. Housing Secretary Winnie Ho says the government won't scrap the plan to build light public housing in Kai Tak, despite opposition from some sectors. Lawmaker Kitson Yang had said residents in the area are worried the housing project will affect the plan to build a second central business district, or CBD2, in Kowloon East. But Ms Ho said the long-term development of the area remains unchanged. I've been working in the energizing Kowloon office. I've seen the birth of this CBD2. I've seen the development of this CBD2 walking step by step towards its ultimate goal. And this goal hasn't changed. Each piece of land has its long-term use, and which is um, already laid down. And the planning will realize one day. So we are just utilizing the short-term possibility to help those people in need. Commerce Minister Algernon Yao says RTHK will tell good stories of both China and Hong Kong in the Year of the Rabbit as the broadcaster celebrates its 95th anniversary. Speaking at the station's New Year reception, he said the public broadcaster will provide more programmes in different platforms and languages so that people living here and elsewhere can know more about Hong Kong. 
善用多媒體嘅平台，講好香港嘅故事。RTHK will use multimedia platforms to tell good stories of Hong Kong and China to provide more programs on such topics as the Basic Law, the Constitution, national security, education, and the Greater Bay Area. These can help bring about social cohesion and make the public, especially young people, more knowledgeable about the country and society. RTHK will strengthen multimedia broadcasts in different languages, so that foreigners living in Hong Kong and those in the mainland and overseas can know more about the latest developments in the SAR and its unlimited potential. The director of broadcasting, Eddie Cheung, says a highlight of the station's 95th anniversary celebrations will be the Top 10 Chinese Gold Songs Award concert in May. Turning overseas now, and there have been impassioned appeals for US police reform at the funeral in Memphis of Tyree Nichols. He died last month after being beaten by police who'd stopped him for an alleged traffic offence. Speaking at the service, the US Vice President Kamala Harris urged Congress to pass a bill promoting police accountability, which is currently stalled. Body camera footage of the violent arrest of Mr Nichols caused widespread outrage. Five policemen have been charged with murder. Mr Nichols' mother, Ralph Vaughan Wells, gave an emotional speech. Tyree was a beautiful person. And for this to happen to him, it's just unimaginable. I promise you the only thing that's keeping me going is the fact that I really truly believe my son was sitting here on an assignment from God. Australia's former Prime Minister Tony Abbott has described the controversial Cardinal George Pell as the country's greatest ever Roman Catholic. Mr Abbott was addressing the cleric's funeral in Sydney. Cardinal Pell's conviction for child sex offences was overturned in 2020. The service drew angry demonstrations against the covering up of abuse by the church. The Archbishop of Sydney, Anthony Fisher, said the Cardinal was unfairly treated. He authored a dozen books, including his three-volume prison journal. That was one happy fruit from 404 days spent imprisoned for crimes he did not commit, following a media, police and political campaign to punish him, whether guilty or not. The biggest day of industrial action in Britain for a decade has seen walkouts by train drivers, university lecturers, civil servants and teachers. The strikes by up to half a million workers caused major disruption to education, transport and other services. Here's the BBC's Rob Watson. Britain's winter of industrial unrest continues, with thousands of schools disrupted and most trains at a standstill. The strikes are mainly over pay, but also over trade union claims that Britain's vital public services are underfunded, understaffed and overstretched. So far, the government is hanging tough, arguing big wage rises are unaffordable and would only make inflation worse. The danger for the government is that while voters don't like strikes, the disruption adds to a growing sense among many of them that nothing in the country is working properly anymore. President Biden's personal lawyer, Bob Bauer, has said a search of the president's beach house in Delaware has concluded and no documents with classified markings have been found. Classified documents from his time as vice president have previously been found at other properties linked to him. The BBC's Gary O'Donoghue says the continuing investigation is doing Mr Biden no political favours. Sitting president with the FBI going through your homes does not look good. Uh, that's the first thing to say. Second thing is there is this 
investigation. Uh, it does seem to be a small number of documents. It is, as he has put it in the past, inadvertent, although he's also said he has no regrets about it. And it does seem to be, in quantitative and perhaps qualitative terms, a different case to Donald Trump, who held on to hundreds of documents, some of them top secret, for 18 months or so, and it required a subpoena and eventually a search warrant uh, to get those back. An Austrian court has found four men guilty of being accomplices of a jihadist gunman who carried out a deadly attack in Vienna in 2020. Kurtim Faiza Ali was then shot dead by police. The BBC's Bethany Bell has more. Six men were accused of being accomplices of the gunman who went on the rampage in a popular nightlife area in Vienna two years ago. After 12 hours of deliberations, the jury found two of them not guilty of involvement in murder. Four others were found guilty. They included a man whose DNA was found on the Kalashnikov murder weapon and lived in the killer's flat for several weeks. Another had been in jail with the gunman. The men have the right to appeal. The Brazilian Air Force says it's begun operations in the Amazon against illegal gold miners accused of invading a vast reservation and killing members of the Yamamami community. Fighter aircraft are being deployed to stop supplies reaching mining camps. Last month, Brazil's new government declared a medical emergency in the northern state of Roraima. There have been reports that indigenous children have been dying of malnutrition and diseases linked to illegal mining. Julian Freire van der Steen is from an Air Force field hospital there. We have already provided more than 300 consultations in total, most of them on children. There are many cases of pneumonia, intestinal parasites and many skin diseases, many skin diseases. Finance Now and the Indian billionaire Gautam Adani has insisted that his surprise decision to call off a share sale will not affect the operations or plans of his business empire. He said the balance sheet of Adani Enterprises was very healthy and cash flow was strong. The BBC's Arundai Mukherjee reports. In that dramatic U-turn, the company said given the unprecedented situation, they were going back on their share sale because it was important to protect the interests of the investing community. The company's shares have seen a massive drop and Gotham Adani has gone from being the world's third richest to the 15th. The company has rejected allegations of fraud and has been considering legal action against Hindenburg Research, which came out with the report. Sport now, and Latvia is threatening to boycott next year's Paris Olympics if Russian athletes are allowed to take part. That's because of Moscow's ongoing war against Ukraine. The BBC's Paul Serres reports. Latvia could join Ukraine in boycotting the 2024 Olympics in Paris if Russia and Belarusian athletes are allowed to compete. Latvia, which borders Russia, has been a strong supporter of Ukraine. On Tuesday, Latvia's foreign minister said Russia and Belarusian participation would be unacceptable. Ukraine's sports minister said last week the country would boycott the games as long as the war continued. In football's English League Cup, Manchester United finished off Nottingham Forest to book their place in the final. United won 2-0 on the night, 5-0 on aggregate. The former Everton forward James McFadden was watching at Old Trafford. It was a great performance from Man United. They had so much control in the game. They weren't rushed, they just waited a moment, but when they went, they went at pace. The bodies going forward, <laughs> it seemed like from everywhere. Uh, and, yeah, it's, uh, I think 2-0 more than a fair uh, reflection of the game. It was a, a, an extremely dominant performance from Man United and well played to them because the, the, the question beforehand was could Man United be the only team to beat themselves? Well, they didn't. They were fantastic. It was a, a joy to watch and some of their attacking play was outstanding. 
and United will face Newcastle, who are into their first cup final in 24 years. Eddie Howe's side got past Southampton on Tuesday. The last time they featured in a cup final was a 2-0 defeat to Manchester United in the FA Cup in 1999. The former Newcastle defender, John Anderson, says this is a chance for revenge. That 99 cup final, it was... It was so one-sided. Um, you know, we hadn't been playing well going into it. Um, Manchester United deservedly won. They were the better side by a long way on the day. Um, you know, so a little bit of revenge. Uh, of course, the rivalry was there when Kevin Keegan was manager, and we mm. were we, we were chasing them for um, uh, for Premier League titles as well. Unfortunately, that didn't materialise. So there's always been a rivalry there. Um, and unfortunately, Manchester United just seemed to be running into a decent <laughs> decent bit of form probably at the wrong time as well. We probably would have wanted to have played them earlier in the season when things weren't going so well at Old Trafford. Paris Saint-Germain extended their lead at the top of League One with a 3-1 win at Montpellier. But their evening was overshadowed by an injury to Kylian Mbappe, who had earlier missed a penalty. Mbappe limped off with what looked like a hamstring injury midway through the first half, raising the alarm for PSG with the first leg of their Champions League last 16 tie against Bayern Munich, now less than two weeks away. Meanwhile, PSG's attempt to sign Hakim Ziyech on loan from Chelsea has failed after the French league refused to ratify the player's contract. That means the Moroccan forward will stay at Stamford Bridge for the remainder of the season. After more than a decade in Europe, the Japanese playmaker Shinji Kagawa has gone home to play for Cerezo Osaka in the J-League. The 33-year-old began his career with Cerezo before joining Borussia Dortmund in 2010. He helped Jurgen Klopp's side win two Bundesliga titles and a German Cup. He moved on to Manchester United in 2012 and won the Premier League in Alex Ferguson's final season as manager. The new J-League season starts on February the 17th. And record-breaking NFL quarterback Tom Brady has announced that he's retiring for good at the age of 45, one year after reversing his decision to quit the sport. Brady called time on his 23-year career in a social media video. Widely viewed as the greatest quarterback of all time, Brady won a record seven Super Bowls, six of them with the New England Patriots, before adding his final triumph with Tampa at the end of the 2020 season. The quarterback had announced he was retiring on February the 1st, 2022, but 40 days later changed his mind. And the weather. There will be sunny periods and it'll be mainly cloudy tonight with fresh, moderate to fresh easterly winds, occasionally strong offshore. The outlook, it'll be windier and cool with one or two rain patches in the next couple of days. Winds will weaken gradually on Monday and Tuesday. Weather will be mild with mist in the morning at night. Currently it's 21 degrees Celsius, the relative humidity 65%. And to end the news, the top stories once again. The Monetary Authority raises a key lending rate in response to an overnight rate hike in the US. And the Housing Secretary says the government isn't going to scrap its plan to build light public housing in Kaitak. That's all the news from RTHK. The Brew with Phil Whelan on Radio 3.
Hit to be square. Huey Lewis in the news on Radio 3. Thursday afternoon it is. Just tunes, me and you. Unless the chef pops up or I manage to find JCVN. Mind you, he is the other side of the world. We shall see. Right now, Daily Freya. And feel the love. No matter what you do. 